Kings Insider Podcast on CSNCalifornia.com. Introducing your host, Sacramento Kings Insider, James Ham. Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast. I am James Ham. Joining me today, like always, Mr. Aaron Bruski, hoopball.com. AB, what's going on? It's hoop-ball.com to you. Oh, hoop hyphen ball. Hoop hyphen ball. No, it's it's uh, what's going on. I've been like slap. I put on a, a football helmet. I'm slapping myself in the head here, getting fired up for fired up. for I'm sure an eventful podcast. It's uh, we got some we got some drama drama on the high seas. Uh, we actually had a podcast guest schedule for today, but it's just going to get buried. So we're we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to push through and we're going to talk about the topics of the of this week, which are growing, growing by the day, uh, the discontent within the walls of Sleep Train Arena have hit a fever pitch, DeMarcus Cousins has been suspended, George Carl is having some sort of procedure, Willie Cauley-Stein is not happy about his place in the world, and Real Tough Juice is playing some hoop, so let's hit this stuff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like the way you set that up. You like that? Well, because they're all separate issues. They are so many separate issues. All right, Aaron, so let's just start where we have to start, and that's with DeMarcus Cousins getting suspended. Of course, he was suspended following the Cleveland Cavaliers' loss, so 120-111 to 111 loss, where Cousins decided to go a little bonkers in the huddle during the fourth quarter. Now, I have a pretty good idea of why he went bonkers, I, the game was spinning out of control, but from what I know, Cousins was not at all happy with the fact that the Cavs were getting ticky-tack fouls every single time down the court, and the Kings were getting knocked into the stands. Darren Collison got sent into the stands and didn't get a call at all. Collison at one point actually tried to get a technical. Costa Kufas did get a technical. DeMarcus Cousins did get a technical, but the reason why Cousins was so upset is because he didn't think George Carl was attempting to get a technical when he should have been standing up and and protecting his players. And that's something that this Kings team has had concerns over in the past with him with Carl not being demonstrative enough on the sidelines and and standing up for them. And I think it it was boiling up to a point in this game. And Cousins erupted. Uh, Rudy Gay had to sort of try to calm him down. And then Corliss Williamson tried to calm him down. And then Rajon Rondo stepped in between them. Uh, While they were both seated, it was a really odd scene. But I think the real issue here, Aaron, is that it was on TV. Because this isn't the first time this has happened. Uh, George and DeMarcus have exchanged words four or five times this season from what I know. And this was a situation where usually it's behind closed doors. This wasn't, and so it's on blast. And if you don't do something about a player who does this, then you're going to have some problems. And so let's start there. 
Yeah, there's a lot of layers there. Um, I don't think he gets suspended if the incident against San Antonio doesn't happen and the Kings don't get criticized for not suspending DeMarcus Cousins. And what's interesting about that is you have all of the backstory with George Carl trying to trade DeMarcus Cousins and that's the basis of the relationship as well as the decisions being made on the court with the offensive system, defensive system, and Carl going to the media and saying how his players aren't giving effort as the backdrop for why that altercation took place. So the criticism of George being undercut doesn't necessarily ring true um, because of those things. But that's the reason why I believe that if this, if that didn't happen, I don't think this results in a suspension. You have the layer of that was one of the worst officiated games I've seen in a long time. I hate getting on officials, but in that particular game, there was chaos all over the court and they were looking to cousins in the most aggressive way. I've seen a ref or refs look to give players technicals and that feeds into the other layer of Marcus cousins and officials are at war. So he's going to get, he's going to reap what he sows in that regard. He has a problem with refs. They have a problem with him. DeMar or George Carl has sat on the sidelines all season and to, to many observers that have contacted me, not even this is I've, I've got my thoughts about this, but outside observers asking me, is George trying to let DeMarcus Cousins get 16 techs? Because that's what it looks like. You know, there's times when DeMarcus Cousins is clearly upset in a 20 point game and he's banged up and he shouldn't be on the floor and George leaves him out there. It's like just putting a you know, a kid next to firecrackers that loves to, to play with firecrackers. He's going to blow his hand off. <laughs> and so, I mean, what, how many more layers we got? I'm sure there's more. Um, this, this thing with cousins and the referees, it's, this is, it's funny because there's so much of an element of the straw that broke the camel's back with cousins right now. This is not the central issue. This, this altercation and the referees are just a problem that DeMarcus cousins has. He, he has many problems. People try to accuse me of, of, of being like a DeMarcus Cousins apologist. Cousins brings this on himself. He has many, many different issues. There are many different things he does to bring this team down. This is one of them. This thing with the officials is a part of his DNA. And it's almost, it's like all these things. It's a separate issue. And it's his battle. And he, he wants George probably to fight for him with the referees more than he wants George to change the offensive system or more than he wants George to change the defensive system or more than he wants George to, to play Willie Cauley-Stein a reasonable amount of minutes. That one thing is so important to him. And he was getting hammered and the Kings were getting a lot of bad calls. And George just sat there. So, yeah, that, yeah. Was, the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, and, you know, let's, again, I'm going to go back to this. Costa Kufas did pick up a technical in that situation. He slammed the, the ball down on the court. Uh, Darren Collison told me in the locker room he tried to get a technical, tried to tried yeah, to get a that. technical. And it and actually, at the same time he was trying to get a technical, they gave one to Costa. It was because I thought they called it on Collison because he was the one yelling and screaming at the official. Nothing. He got thrown out of bounds. Yeah, he got chucked out of bounds, and then they came down on the other end, and they got called for a touch foul on a Kyrie Irving and one. And they got multiple a Kyrie Irving and one touch fouls, and the LeBron James uh, touch foul against Cousins when he, he laid it up high off the glass. And, and I think even that one was like, 
they oh no it's when uh, cousins cousins swatted it out of bounds and they before called you, the foul. Before you spin it in another direction, I thought and maybe correct me if I'm wrong that when cousins got his technical that for complaining after a non-call on one end of the floor that Zach Zarba called it from the other side of the floor and then like literally from 94 feet away teed him up. You know, I I have such a bad view from the corner. I, I'm I'm so close to the visitors bench that when they stand up you can't see half the half the court. But that was the more. kind of game it was. I mean, I think yeah. um uh Tyron Lou got a tee for going out on half court and all sorts of coaches. I mean, every coach goes on the court and Tyrone Lou got a tee for that. Yeah, that was a bit confusing too. You know, look, Cousins was hot and he was hot because a couple of things. Number one, he hates losing to guys like LeBron. He considers himself one of the best in the game and he knows that LeBron is, you know, one of the best in the game still. And he hates losing in those games, especially when he knew they had a, a shot. They were actually playing really well. They're tied at 96. And then the game just came undone so quickly. And the biggest thing, I mean, really, you can point to fouls. You can point to all these other things. But the biggest thing is the Kings couldn't get an offensive rebound. And that might be one of the more frustrating, I mean, a defensive rebound. The Cavs kept getting offensive rebounds and extending a play. And that may, might be one of the more frustrating things that happened in a basketball game. But I know this. I, I know that Cousins was hot going into halftime. Uh, I, I actually came out of half, and I was just about to walk out on the floor when he was about to walk out on the floor. And him and Vlade Divac were having a conversation in the tunnel, and they ended up uh, walking out on the court together, but not before having like a really strong conversation about what was going on on the court and just the frustration level and all that. Now, again, I'm going to point to this too. I went to the press conference today with Vladi Divac, and he wasn't giving up anything. He wasn't going to talk about hardly anything. I mean, he actually almost apologized for suspending Cousins and and was just saying, like, look, I, I, I get it. And, and there was actually a point where he actually, if I'm not mistaken, he said, I agree with him yelling. You know, I agree with his emotions in this situation. But you just can't do it, and you know, as a franchise, we have to we have to look out for these things. So it's just this thing is spinning out of control. I mean, again, we have 19 games left. Cousins is guaranteed to at least at least miss one of those games due to technical uh, a technical suspension. I would assume at this point. Um, but this team has no chance of making the playoffs. They're spinning out of control, and it's gotten ugly. And now the attention is turning to Cousins yet again. Uh, where I don't know is is that deserved no that's sad it's sad it's pathetic it's ridiculous because this coaching job is the worst that I've seen in my 10 years of doing this and I'm counting Keith Smart and I'm counting you you send me your worst coaching job that you've seen I, I I would I would really have a hard time thinking that that coaching job could even come close to what we've seen here, because this is a coach that's come in under a disgraced regime, tried to trade the franchise player, tried to to throw a power play at a place that he really had been there for what a couple weeks, and comes in, tries to implement a system that no coach in the league would try, and does not make a single change all season. And gets stubborn 
and rips his players in the media. It's pathetic. It, it's this is the worst coaching job I've seen. And for the focus to not even like I would say 50 percent of what I read out there has zero mention of what we see out of George Carl. And this frustration that's evident among amongst not just DeMarcus Cousins, but the whole team is directed precisely at that. And that frustration is evident with every front office person I talk with, every source. Nobody knows what the guy is doing. But yet there's a conversation right now, and it's all about DeMarcus Cousins. And he is a problem to himself, to his teammates, but he's not the only problem. And the fact that we've dumbed this conversation down to make it about DeMarcus Cousins, when there is a there's a very easily fixable solution in place where you can remove the obvious basketball issues that have created this chaotic environment. There's no need for this. And, and so you could run one of the best players out of, in the NBA out of town. I mean, you could totally do that. But it's not optimal. <laughs> what, what would be optimal is if you don't employ a coach that's doing the worst job that I've seen in 10 years of doing this. But the problem is you had to get through the season. And, and I mean, I know you you were on record at the time saying, look, if you didn't fire him, this is going to be, it's only going to get worse. And, and I know this is I, getting worse. It, I was it, on it record is. at the beginning of the season saying if they did not run Cousins through the post, that this would happen. Well, yeah, and but it, I mean, it, still, I mean, you were saying like, look, you have to you have to cut ties now, or this is only going to get worse. This and is and I, I will guarantee you this. Nightmare. If they don't cut ties tomorrow or the next day or the next day after that, it will continue to get progressively worse. Like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. But now they can't cut ties. They can't cut oh, ties. You know what? You can do anything in this world. But you can't <laughs> cut ties. You cannot I, cut ties I, now because George Carl... Uh, it went in for a procedure, and now we don't know what the procedure is gonna what what's gonna happen. We don't. I mean, we're all hopeful that George Carl is still cancer free, but now we have this thing. And again, why was that? I, that was the strangest thing to like just be floated out there. George went to you know the Sacramento Bee and said, "Look, I'm having a procedure tomorrow. It won't be a practice, and it's cancer related." And that's confusing to a lot of people, and it I I don't understand. You know, it adds to the drama of the day, and it makes Demarcus Cousins look like a worse person. And I'm not saying that George should have just like bit his tongue and not said anything, but at the same time, I'm confused. Like, well, if the intent is to to have the least amount of distractions possible for your team, maybe it's something you just keep in house. Yeah, I, that was something that could have completely been kept in-house. I mean, and, and we wouldn't have even, even known about it. And it's just one of those, it, it's just another layer to this story. So now George Carl will not, I, I mean, he missed practice on Thursday. But again, I, I've been told by a couple of people that this was a minor, minor procedure. And that he, he will be there on Friday night when the Sacramento Kings take on the Orlando Magic. But it adds another wrinkle, and it's got contentious. And and I know that Cousins has always, I mean, Cousins has his way. 
he, there's a way about him that's difficult. And, and I get that. Um, but at this point, I mean, you're going to have to make a decision. I mean, again, Sackman will be a reporter today at the Vlade Divac's, uh press conference. Straight up asked, are you going to trade DeMarcus Cousins? And Vlade's like, win. Like, uh, I mean, the trade deadline just passed. I'm not quite sure. Like right now? <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm confused by the question. Like, what are you talking about? And Vlade was very clear. He's like, I I like the team that we've built. I, I think we've done good things here. And, you know, and I think I, I people are going to hate this. I think the Kings are going to keep their draft pick. I think they're going to chase Ryan Anderson or someone like that, and they're going to hope they land Ryan Anderson or someone like that. They're going to re-sign Rajon Rondo. They're going to take their top 10 pick, and they're going to either draft a shooting guard or they're going to package it with the guys that they have at the shooting guard position, and they're going to go try to add a, a better, more stable shooting guard, and they're going to change their coach, and they're going to try to rebuild the culture of this team, and they're going to try to move forward with this group and some people are going to go egads i can't believe that's going to happen well i that's what's going to happen because i don't that's going to be me by the way (laughs) no one inside there no one inside there believes that this team is as bad as it's playing i i will bet against their three-year future if those moves are made i'll bet right now against their three-year future well, I, I mean, their three-year future includes losing two first-round draft picks, and I, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, that's probably another podcast down the road. Um, I, I, I just, where do you go right now? Like, how much damage do you want to do to your franchise, Sacramento? Well, that's the problem. It is like, doing damage right now. It's doing damage. Oh, and... it's doing irreparable damage. Like, Demarcus Cousins is out on Instagram sending, you know, whatever he's sending. And here's the thing. He's such an easy target for people that would want to take that angle because he's going to get upset. He's going to express himself. And he's the only one in that locker room, really, that we know of that's taking it to this level and saying, you know, other than Willie Cauley-Stein, thank you very much, Willie, for stepping up and and calling the most ridiculous thing that I've seen. I mean, I have a hard time ranking the ridiculous things that I'm seeing in terms of just pure basketball decisions for the Kings. You need defense. Willie, as he put it so eloquently, he can cover five positions. And he's pretty good offensively. He so, hasn't been that bad. I do know that his uh, his advanced statistics say that he should be some, on the court. Sometimes it takes a rookie to come in and, and, and just kind of say, you know what, this is stupid. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And that was the tone in his voice. It was like, this isn't happening next year because he knows very well George won't be there next year. And that's the problem with this. George is coaching like... He DGAF. He doesn't give uh... a. <laughs> you know, I, I think, okay, so I, I'm going to bring up a point. You know, it, and I'm going to say I was wrong. I, I, I will admit that I was wrong. Early in the season, I remember saying, look, everyone wants to bag on George Carl because all he wants to do is win. And. And I didn't get the the gripe. If all a guy wants to do is win and all you want to do as a franchise is win, I'm confused as to where like there's a bad thing. I now know what the bad thing is. Because George Carl, all he wants to do is win. And for some reason, he believes that Willie Cauley-Stein 
the the prized number six pick that that his staff wanted so bad isn't the guy that's going to help them win down the stretch, so they're not playing him. And so now I realize why it's bad to have a guy who only wants to win. Because if he only wants to win and he doesn't believe Willie Cauley-Stein can help him, then he's not going to play him. And that's where we're at right now with Willie Cauley-Stein. It is the most confusing thing. But can I weigh in? Willie Cauley-Stein is going to help him win. And that's where we. this is where George loses the crowd because not a single decision he has made this year has worked. I mean, giving Rajon Rondo the car keys, terrible decision. This offense looks like it, it's it's out of a rec league. When Darren Collison runs a team, it chills out a little bit. It looks all right. When when you say, I'm going to play Marco Bellinelli, unlimited minutes. I'm going to let him do whatever he wants. Willie, <laughs> Willie, you are the only guy offensive rebounding on one side. You're the only guy that runs back. And you're the closest guy to the guy that makes the shot. Well, that's obviously your fault, Willie. You're out of the game. Yeah. What else do we got? I mean, you can go down the line. Here, let's have our our six foot ten, six foot eleven, two hundred and eighty pound guy with okay handles. Let's make him the primary ball handler on the perimeter. Oh, hey, live ball turnover. We're going the other way. Why does our defense suck? <laughs> I, you know, and I'll point out in that same vein, like if you really, really want to address the turnover issue you probably should slow down the pace. Uh, just just going to put it out there. Teams that, that run and gun, turn the ball over. I know they lost the other night. They gave they had 24 turnovers against, who was that? Uh, was that the Pelicans? They had 14 in the second half. And the Pel- and it, I think it was the Pelicans. Pelicans had two. Uh, and the Kings had 14 in the second half. They had 24 for the game. Of the 24, they... Almost all of them. 20 of the 24 came from Rudy Gay, DeMarcus Cousins, Rajon Rondo, and Darren Collison. Those four players. Who gets benched after one of these crazy plays? I watch these guys fling the ball around the yard with such lack of uh, disregard for, like, anything. I mean, there's just no accountability anywhere. Well, I think the guy who gets benched for it is Willie Cauley-Stein. Yes, it's the funniest thing. I mean, Willie could be on the bench already, and somebody might send him to the bench. <laughs> like, okay, okay, so let's hit the Willie Cauley Stein issue. So uh, we we've kind of skirted around this thing. Okay, so over the last four games, I think he's played six minutes, twelve minutes, twelve minutes, and six minutes. So he's barely played at all. And and for a rookie, he hasn't hit the rookie wall, folks. He hasn't hit the rookie wall at all. He looks great physically. He's working his tail off with John Welch almost every single day. He's trying to learn the game. He's trying to do his best. And he's he's getting put in the game with bad matchups, like with his own teammates. Like, I don't think him and Kostya can play together. And, and I'm not quite sure what's going on with the rotations when it comes to Willie. But Quincy Acey all of a sudden became a 30-minute-a-game guy. And, and Willie Cauley-Stein, your prized rookie is hardly playing at all. So I asked George Carl during pregame, and I'm like, okay, so is there a point in the season where you just kind of give in and let Willie Cauley-Stein play as much as he can possibly play? And he said, don't worry about Willie Cauley-Stein. He's going to play. He's going to play a ton of minutes down the stretch. It's not even an issue. 
okay. And then we go to the game, you know, that starts an hour later and Willie Cauley-Stein plays six minutes. Um, so I'm in the locker room on Wednesday night and I'm like, we're, we're all waiting for Cousins, who's very downtrodden. He is not... He did not take the Cavs' loss well at all. He was very, very depressed, uh, head down, um, not in a good mood. Uh, not in a not in a like punch somebody mood, but not in a good mood at all. Uh, plus, a few of the the writers who have written you know some choice words like he's a cancer and should be cut out with a scalpel, which I, I'm not sure where that ranks as far as you know. You, you mean cut out with a hatchet? No, I, he actually said that. Yeah, that was written in a piece. Um, one of those reporters is in the locker room, so it's always on edge when that happens because he hasn't had a conversation with that person. Anyway, um, so I'm like, hey, look, there's some time here. So I wandered over to Willie Colley Stein. No one else is with me. I, I'm by myself. I sneak over, and I start having a conversation with Willie about the fact that he's not playing. And I got about 30, 40 seconds in, and I realized that my own CSN crew followed me over and put the camera out and the mic out, and I didn't even know it. And Leo from Cowbell had snuck over with a camera, and, and I look over, and me and Willie are like literally like 30 or 40 seconds into an interview, and we're on tape. And at that point, I was like, okay, that's not good because we're already heading towards a dark path with Willie. But I can't stop and say, like, look, get out of here. I mean, especially the CSN cameras are going. They need stuff for post game, And so I had a, just a general conversation with him, just me and Willie. And he said some really, really, like, intelligent, articulate frustration. I mean, all of it is coming out in that conversation. And I could have even taken him deeper. I could have even kept pushing but I'm not going to do that because the cameras are rolling and I didn't know the cameras were rolling and it almost felt like we were being eavesdropped on. And so I pulled back because, I number one, I don't want to get the guy so far in the doghouse that he can't get out. But number two, it was just an awkward situation. And Aaron, what are your thoughts on his thoughts? I, I don't get it. I, I think he's telling everybody that can see and hear that the emperor has no clothes. <laughs> that's 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 the 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 lesson here is that this has been going on since day one and it's been very obvious to see and nobody is getting it like the very few like i'd say the new media is getting it you know people that you know i i don't really begrudge anybody that's kind of like you know aligned you know kind of with the team so to speak you know they, they, there's not so much they can say about this but you know if you're an independent media person and you can't see this you're probably in the wrong business this stuff's pretty obvious and it takes like i said a, a young player sometimes can just come in and they don't have maybe the uh, years of learning how to be political about this stuff or um years of training and maybe getting a little jaded to where they don't care like willie's like why am i not playing this makes no sense and, and it, they, if you're talking about winning that's, I think, where the frustration comes in with all these players. And, and frankly, across the entire organization and the fan base, you have a team that's got plenty of talent, and it's just wasted. This whole year is a wasted year for the Sacramento Kings organization. In a spectac- it's actually a step backwards. That's the crazy thing. Because you're either killing DeMarcus Cousins' trade value right now, 
or you're sending him further down that path. That Michael Malone was the only guy to really reverse that with with DeMarcus. You're sending him further into this bad place, and there's not a single thing he's gotten better at other than shooting the basketball. All right, so I, I'm going to read this quote from Willie because I think it's 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 something that needs to be read and and it's something that needs to be out there. Uh, that's funny. That's because uh, I I had asked him. I well, I told him. I said George said that that one of the games you you didn't get to play major minutes because of uh, of matchups, and and he just interrupted. He said that's funny. That's funny. Kind of flimsy. Because <laughs> I, I thought he said floozy. No, flimsy. He's like because I I can guard five positions, uh, so that's redundant. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. There there should be no matchup problems. So that's just no excuse. I think. However, I'm not the coach. And he also, he had said before, uh, he said, I, I I asked him, you know, if he's done anything to to get himself in the doghouse. And he said, what do you think? Like, you're watching the same game I am, right? Uh, and I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. And he's like, so if I've been doing something wrong, I've been doing it wrong the whole year. And <laughs> so, I mean... It, He's he's right though. I I couldn't find any fault in what he said. Here's the thing: the the stuff that we have on film for Willie Cauley Stein makes people outside of Sacramento salivate. They see this and they go, "Oh my God, what do you guys have there?" And I'm like, "You gotta you gotta understand, this kid can play, and it's only in this weird bubble that you know where you can't say that the emperor has no clothes." In Sacramento, like you, if you read the paper locally, you wouldn't even know George Carl's a problem. You wouldn't know that the offensive system is the most ridiculous thing in the history of the game. It feels like you wouldn't know that the defensive system is ridiculous. You wouldn't know why Willie Cauley Stein isn't on the floor. Willie Cauley Stein is is an amazing talent. It it he is going to help that. It put this way: if you put him on the floor for thirty minutes a game right now. And then you put Quincy AC on it on the floor for another, say, 18. And you, you cover up that, that power forward position with those two players. And then you, you, you just change all of these other things. You get Marco Bellinelli off the floor, at least until he can hit a spot-up three-point shot. Give Darren Collison 38 minutes a game. Pull Rajon Rondo back to the, to the type of production that he had in the last game. This team will be good. They're good players. It's a chaotic just mind-blowing and and willie you could hear it in his voice it's it's really refreshing to see him say that and so where do you go from here i mean that that's the question i've had since the all-star break is you know if you're the minority ownership group and you're saying we don't want to make a change because of money purposes and because we don't want to send this message to the rest of the nba that we're going to continuously change coaches are you willing to set kerosene on top of a dumpster fire yeah because i don't think they knew how bad it could get i i I don't think anyone assumed that it would i mean i don't know how they couldn't have known yes but i mean you look at the eight game schedule that they just went through where they went one and seven and we talked about this before we're like they've got to go three and five they've got to go four and four and and lo and behold they actually had three games they could have won they easily could have gone four and four. They easily could have gone three and five in that set. But if you if you look at that eight game set as part of the whole package of the final 
30 games, this is exactly kind of what you'd expect. This this run that that there was a good shot they were going to go one and seven. Yeah, and but... now you got a 19 game stretch to try to. I don't know. Because... I mean, I feel I feel dumb for for saying last week that they were going to make changes. But but you saw <laughs> what about the road to 33? <laughs> oh, you know what? I I wrote that off once I knew George wasn't making changes. Like that's just done. Like the fact that they made changes and you saw just even the slightest bit of improvement with this team, it really tells you what they could be. So like if the Kings wanted to like shut me up say if they if they wanted to they could test this they could change everything and just see how it goes you you could actually bring you know Corliss Williamson in or Nancy Lieberman in and just see how it goes you can't bring okay so look I, I I'm gonna defend that aspect of it because number one I, I really like Corliss but Corliss had been like he'd been a head coach at uh, it's a Christian college in Arkansas for like a season and a half or two seasons, and then he's only been an assistant for three years. He he has very little coaching experience, so to just say that we can put him in and things would like he could instantly like drop in Jerry Sloan's pick and roll offense and he could drop in Thibodeau's defense or Michael Malone's defense. That's just not going to happen. There's no way. There's not enough practice time. There's not enough. And, and he doesn't have the experience level to do it. And and I like him, and I think he could be a head coach down the road. But I don't think he's ready to take that on. And if you cut the head off a snake, if you let George Carl go, now who else goes? Does, does John Welsh stay on? Does... Uh, the rest of the staff. I mean, does Anthony Carter stay on? Does Chad Iskey stay on? So what if you fire George Carl and those guys who literally left their teams last year to join his staff mid-season? Iskey left, came. Well, I think Iskey came in the summer. John Welsh. Um, I don't. I don't think they leave. But but if they do, like what happened when Michael Malone left, and they they also lost Chris Gent. If they do, and now you've got a staff, you let of, Corliss Williamson pick his guys, and Nancy and, Lieberman, and you roll with it, and you roll with it. But and who's going to come in and work for Corliss Williamson for thirty games, knowing that he has no chance to have the job going forward? It's a shot at the NBA. I, I, put it this way: you can't do worse than George Carl right now. You I could think, not conceivably think, do worse, and you can't even come in. And I'll put it this way: test me on it. It's not even this is what I, the this Tyrone Corbin situation, though. This is what I say to the Kings fans all the time. Test me on it. You, you don't think that, that when I said it would be a dumpster fire since the All-Star break? You know, test me on it. We'll see how it goes. You don't think that, you know, if the Kings don't run in the post that the season will go down the drain? Test me on it. Well, and, I, all I got to say is I, I'm not going to test you on that. I'm not going to strip down a team, pull all of their coaches out, and say, Corliss, good luck with that. Because, uh, again, we saw what happened when... Tyrone Corbin, who, again, Corbin had been an NBA head coach and an assistant for almost a decade under one of the great coaches in the league, and he couldn't get anything out of this team in a 28-game stretch. They went 7-21. and If you think that Corliss Williamson could somehow bail out water... I, I think they would go on a win streak. 
that's that I think that they're so upset and need this organizational change that they would rally and they would set out to prove that it's not them, that it's not their problem. I think, you know what, I think that they would try, but I don't know that you have the infrastructure in place to to combat what's going on. You would, because Aaron, we're talking about changing wholesale changes to defensive schemes and implementing You don't have to make a schemes. wholesale change. You could even keep the same systems. I, they're not going to play for that guy. They're going to go out of how many games we got left? 20? 19. 19? I'll predict right now. They're going to go 5 and 14. 5 and you Against know the easiest schedule that I've seen in the <laughs> NBA. And that gives them 30 wins, which is more Does than that they've give them had. Does that give them 30? Wow. Which is That's more than amazing. they've had any time in the last uh, I, I will predict like 5 and years, 14 if years. George Carl doesn't get, higher, or doesn't get let go. 5 and 14, and it gets so bad that Kings fans wish the season would end. I think most Kings fans at this point, they do wish the season would end already. And I think there are more than a few players in that locker room that wish the same thing as well, that the season would just end. And I think that changes are coming in this offseason. I think that there are going to be like a lot of changes. I think we're going to see some front office personnel brought in. I think we're going to see some structure brought in. I think we're going to see a new head coach brought in. I think we're going to see a few players brought in, maybe not the mass overhaul that everyone wants, but I I just don't know. I I don't either that. Is it time to hit the panic button and blow this whole thing up? That's the next question is what have you done to cousins? Like I, I, there's the, the, the vitriol in the air for DeMarcus cousins is probably to me, it seems like it's nine out of 10. It was worse. It was worse in December, right before he went on his crazy tear it You're was saying worse. it's worse now or then? No, no, it was worse then. In December, I, when he went nuts, and it was, I think it was the Warriors game, right? He got thrown out in the Warriors game, and Grant Napier came out and, and put him on You know why this is different, though? Out. Is because there's an offseason involved, and you could trade him this offseason. And there's more sense to trading him in the offseason than it is in after a Warriors game. The where, Kings could have traded him at any point. They could trade him at any point in time, but my point is, is you can do it with better surroundings meaning like you're not messing with your team in the middle of the year you can set up your ducks you can knock them down you can kind of have a better approach to it but um, you built a team around one player and then you're you're talking about taking that player out i don't of think the they should built. trade him I'm, i think you're absolutely crazy to trade him after this particular experience and that's the problem here is you waste a year like if you decide demarcus cousins doesn't have the 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 approach to the game that's going to produce, you know, the justification for having this as your anchor player, whatever, whatever, however you want to put that doing, making that decision after you've put him in this situation is ridiculous. So I don't know if you've got to find like a, a six month ramp, you know, meaning like give him another season and, and have really strict parameters on, on how you're going to approach that. Uh, finding a new coach. I mean, the stuff I, you, uh, the, everybody that I talk with, the stuff that you guys are looking at here in Sacramento is going to be interesting. I mean, I, I, like I said at the middle of this podcast, if, if, if the moves are to keep Rajon Rondo into his thirties, you know, while he's flinging the ball around the court, uh, he's had a bad year. I, I, 
any, I, I can't put any way. If you want to just say that defense is half the game, he's been terrible defensively. And offensively, they run like the Benny Hill offense. <laughs> Sponsored by Yakety Sacks. It's terrible. And yeah, it's got great numbers, but when you actually slow it down, you look in between the lines and you see the chaos on the court. Why would you sign up for that for another three years? I don't know. So I think that, you know, if I'm looking at two different realities, I'm saying, okay, there's this one where, you know, you, you could go for the, the local coach that seems to get along with the media and everybody's kind of pushing for might be the King's best option. I'm talking about Scott Brooks. And then you're talking about adding Ryan Anderson later into his career who hasn't played up to his current contract, let alone whatever the, the Ryan Anderson's like 26. He's, well, he's got a lot of mileage on him. I mean, he's been around for what, five, six years. He yeah, suffered it, some, suffered a severe neck injury and missed major parts of, of quite a few seasons. Yeah. He's not, he, I mean, look, you can point to the, uh, the, the one year that he had where he suffered a, a back injury yeah, those things don't go or, away. Or neck injury. Yeah, but he hasn't had any issues with that at all. And and that coincided with the death of his girlfriend. I mean, that that wasn't exactly like Well, the injury a, a was typical, its own entity though. Uh yeah, I'm unless you're hearing different I mean, that's uh, everything I've got on that. Is that I'm, a legit injury? Yeah, I'm gonna say it's a legit injury, but at the same time, it's it's all part of the same thing. I mean, the guy was under so much stress. He had he had major you know back and and neck injury issues. Where it wasn't like a traumatic back injury where he fell and he you know he broke something. I'll just say this: he's not playing up to his contract this year. He's had a, a like a bad season. I don't know. I don't know how to put it any other way. I think everything I've heard about him is a great guy. He's obviously loved by the fans here. Um, it's a to me if he can't play up to the contract this year when you throw big money at him he gets older how's that going to work so anyway long story short i think you're looking at you know this reality that you hear placed out there by well plugged in people like yourself that seems to be the direction the kings are wanting to go with this and then i go well that doesn't seem like it's going to work unless say scott brooks can take a mike malone approach with the motivational component and if and if he can say you know what we're going to give the, we're going to give it to him 50 million times in the post and let him determine whether or not we win or lose maybe that can work but it was ugly in Oklahoma City it wasn't even remotely you know it, the, the development of those players is obvious right now you look at the way Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant play they're getting criticized every game for the way they play they aren't well developed players so i don't know where that reconciles with you know, that should be our target coach. But anyway, if you if you're going to go with this scenario that's imperfect and that I will bet against, you know, every single time, maybe you do blow it up. I don't know. But you don't blow it up because George Carl got the job, decided he want to run things his way and then exhibited some of the poorest decision making that I've seen from the sidelines in 10 years of doing this. Well, in. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant's defense, they are two of the greatest players in the game. They are top five players. And they're being coached by a college coach that has no NBA, true NBA experience, Billy Donovan. So, I, I mean, and so I, I'm not going to say they didn't develop under, under uh, uh, Scotty Brooks. He's got more years than, than Billy does, and they've improved under Billy. 
as I mean, players, I, yeah. I, I mean, look, Durant was hurt, but I mean, this team weren't they in the the finals at one point? Weren't they in the? I mean, yeah, this is and, it's a good in team. The, in in those finals, Scott Brooks spotted the Heat fifteen points a game because he refused to take Kendrick Perkins off the floor, and Chris Bosh owned him. Yeah, yeah, and and that that tells me that you don't have flexibility as a coach. But like four years later the Cavs are bitter and angry and pissed at the Cavs front office because they didn't re-sign Kendrick Perkins. That, I mean, there, yeah. there are reasons. Yeah, I, but you don't know how to put the reason on the court for 25 minutes a game. Well, yeah, but hindsight, though, we're talking about hindsight. And, and, no, and he, this wasn't did he, hindsight. Did he make a mistake in that series? Yes, he probably but he made, made that same mistake two years prior to that. He made that mistake every year he was on the job. He also played Derek Fisher. Okay, 25 but, minutes a game. But where did he lose in that in that season? Was it in the finals? He was the common denominator for all of the reasons that they didn't go further. I mean, but, that's the thing about it. But going further mean, means you win the championship, and it was against the Heat, right? Uh, yes, they lost to the Heat. Who did they lose to in the series before? It's late, and I'm forgetting. But I, But we're talking about LeBron James... That, that was a terrible Heat championship. If you're looking at championship Wade, squads, and Chris, and Chris Bosch, that, right? Like the the Heat's championship squad, first they lose to the Dallas Mavericks, then they lose to, or then they beat a, a very flawed Thunder team playing Kendrick Perkins at center. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it's it, they just they had three great players, and the rest of their players were were mediocre good decent role players but not like this wasn't a really good championship team those two heat squads but <laughs> I, I mean I, i'm willing to with scott brooks say you know if he sat if he took a couple steps back and he said you know what a couple of those decisions that i made didn't work out i would have done them differently and if i can see that big guy and give him the ball and let him just turn and drop it in the hoop then i think the rapport he builds with players could be a really good thing. Players loved him. Loved him. The the question is, is can he walk the line the right way? Because you can be too nice. You could let your players go out. You could roll the ball out there for your players and let them do the same things that they do every night and never, never get into them. And then you get situations where Russell Westbrook, you know, eight, seven, eight years into his career is still taking bad shots and not realizing that they're bad shots. Well, yeah, but some players are going to always take bad shots. And, and, and let's be honest, stars are allowed to take bad shots. I mean, it's it's a convention of the league. Everyone, every star gets to take Russell's, bad shots. Russell's shot selection has actually gotten better over time. I don't I don't want to harp on his shot selection. It's the defense. It's the gambling. It's the, the inconsistencies. It's the fact that those two players, as two of the most talented players in the NBA, probably like number two and number three, however you want to rank these guys, that they can't come – they can't find a way to have that championship approach where they get the most out of themselves on every any given night. They 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 disappear because their fundamentals are bad. Yeah, I mean, I think we're gonna have to go uh, see how this plays out. I mean, the Kings still have to even get Scotty Brooks to come in That's after true. after this and disaster. I, I want to keep an open mind about it I, I i would i would like to just hear what he has to say about how he's going to run the offense and you know stuff like that yeah i mean i am willing to listen to just about any any coach at this point 
um, that has a track record of winning and of having people play for him, uh, that w- people that want to play for him that that will go into battle with him. So, and I think that Scotty Brooks to me is a guy that that some really really good players, including Kevin Durant, really had a good relationship. He's a guy that that those guys wanted to fall into battle, follow into battle, and. So I, I don't know. We're we're gonna have to see how it plays out. All right. So I think we've beat all of these topics down. Uh, DeMarcus, it's been fun though. <laughs> Demarcus Cousins has been suspended. He will not play on Friday night. Uh, George Carl will coach on Friday night, despite having a procedure, uh, which, according to the Sacramento Bee, was cancer related. Uh, let's wish the best for George Carl there. Um, don't want to wish ill on anyone. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein is not happy with his minutes, uh, which is something that might be rectified on Friday night because DeMarcus Cousins won't be playing. And uh, God, I, I, if he gets five minutes on Friday. Yeah, if he gets five minutes on Friday, if Costa Kufis plays the entire game against Vucevic, uh, oh, yeah, that would not bode well for uh, for Willie Cauley-Stein in the locker room. Um so, Aaron, what do you expect? We got 19 games. What is it that you expect? Do you expect five and 14? If there's no ch- if there's no changes that are made, I expect five and 14. Um, but I've learned one thing covering this team for five years is that you expect the unexpected, that some crazy stuff's going to go down, and it's going to be wild. We'll all talk about it. Um, I I do wonder. Though I don't think you can, I don't think the, that the Kings organization can sustain this type of activity for 19 games. So I'm going to predict that there is some sort of change made. Um, we'll see, though. I, I could be completely wrong. I just don't think that they can take hits like this and keep on, keep on, keeping on. I'm going to predict uh, predict that they go eight and eleven, and they get the road to 33. They they get their thirty three wins and bail you out. Um, lastly, I, I I would like to mention you know we we mentioned him. Um, actually, we haven't mentioned him. Uh, Karan Butler has been sitting on the bench, and uh, for a seasoned NBA veteran who locked himself into a two year deal, hoping to be I think a mentor slash player slash coach slash whatever he is. For him to get a total of uh, like 10 games on the entire season played is really sad. Um, but for him to come out after missing, uh, sitting on the bench, not missing, he, there's nothing wrong with him, sitting for almost three months and come out and play like he did the other night, uh, that was pretty inspirational. I, I have to be honest. It wasn't just the the shots he hit. It was his ability to rotate. It was his savvy veteran leadership. He had quick hands. He got hands on balls and knocked him out of bounds. I thought he was all right defensively in the time that he played. I was impressed. I think a lot of Kings fans looked around and said, why hasn't he been playing over James Anderson? Um, what were your thoughts on Real Tough Juice? The flip phone, baby. He 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 had that thing ready. He must have been thinking about that because when he hit whatever three he hit, he just pulled up that flip phone. <laughs> and, and, and let everybody know what's up, and that's that's tough juice. And you know, you're you're absolutely right. There's, it's just like what I don't know the tenth to fifteenth worst 
thing that you've seen out of the Kings this year is James Anderson, you know, nothing against James Anderson, actually a big fan of him when he was in his Philly days. Um, just not a guy that you ride or die with through thick and thin and mostly thin or thick. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> whatever it is that it is when the, the defensive assignments get missed, the layups get clanked and there's no accountability. That's the James Anderson experience for the Kings this year. It's probably not even his fault, to be honest. Um, Karan could have been a guy that you mixed in, just like you could have mixed in Seth Curry, just like you could have um, not played Marco 26 minutes or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I just think with Karan, his story is, is really uplifting, and that's why it's getting picked up and made, they're making movies about it. Making a movie. Mark and Wahlberg. I, I would like to know what he was tweeting about that today. Yeah, cryptic tweets. I mean, if we had enough cryptic tweets of Sacramento Kings, I, I mean, I, I don't know what... Sacramento cryptic tweets. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that, that, and they all just need to shut up, all of them. Yeah. Oh, and I guess we'll send you away with this uh, a headline from Sacramento B as we're uh, we're ready to end this thing on late Thursday night. Um, moving George Carl to front office would be graceful solution for Kings. <laughs> Oh, say what? That th- that was a real headline. Tell me that was an onion headline. That's not an onion headline. That is a headline. Um, yeah. That that's not a headline. Where? Oh, okay. Well, it makes sense why that was written. <laughs> all right, that's it. I'm out. That's all I can handle. <laughs> Aaron Brewski, <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> um you gotta be kidding that doesn't happen (laughs) that just happened that that's not real you guys this is a where's the camera that this is a big hidden camera show you guys are you guys are trying to make fun of me this Uh, that's not happening yeah i think it's possible that he may join the front office in the same way that Tyrone Corbin joined the Kings front office under the Pete Dallas Andrew regime. So, Aaron, do you have any final thoughts? <laughs> I'm about to cry right now. That's oh, so my. I, wow. I have no final thoughts, and um, I award the no points, and may God have mercy on us all. Wow. All right. Uh I, I, I'm in shock like Aaron is. Uh, that's going to do it for the Kings Insider podcast. For Aaron Bruski, I am James Ham. Thank you for tuning in. You guys have a good day. We'll see you next week. Win your share of $1 million with the Bet Rivers Beat the Spread Challenge. When you bet on pro football games at Bet Rivers this season, you can win weekly and season long prizes. Every time you beat the spread, you'll earn points and move your way up the leaderboard toward the top prizes. See official rules for details. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and start winning. Presented by Rivers Casino Portsmouth. Must be 21. Playable in Virginia only. Gambling problem? Call 1 888 532 3500.